This episode is supported by Vegamore. I'm a month and a half into my Vegamore journey. I don't know if you've ever had a garden and planted seeds, but when that first little growth breaks ground, it's exciting. And on my very head, I can see some new growth in the areas that I've noticed hair thinning before. And it's exciting to see those little babies coming in. I use the shampoo, conditioner, and the grow serum, which have a lovely, mellow, warm citrus smell. I've been consistently using this and it makes my hair feel soft and full. And it's really important to me that I use safe and conscious products whenever I can. And Vegamore is 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Elevate your hair wellness routine this year with Vegamore. For a limited time, get 20% off your first subscription order by going to vegamore.com slash mind and use code mind at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mind, code mind to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mind, code mind. Welcome to Mom and Mind, where we dive into all aspects of perinatal mental health and wellness related to pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. It's so much more than postpartum depression. We raise the volume on all of these topics in the hopes that someday everyone will have the support and info that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Welcome to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. In this episode, honoring Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month, our guest, Diana Spaulding, is going to be talking to us about mother burnout. A lot of us feel this burnout, but sometimes we don't know that we are burnt out until we are very burnt out. She's going to talk to us about what burnout means and why it's important to pay attention, as well as how to notice some of the early signs, and then what to do. We'll touch on a little bit of what's going on with COVID-19 as it impacts burnout as well. Diana is the Digital Education Editor at Motherly, a certified nurse midwife, pediatric nurse, mother of three, and she wrote The Motherly Guide to Becoming Mama, which we'll also talk about a little bit towards the end. There's a lot of great information in here for all of There's a lot of great information in here for us all to be thinking about and looking at a little bit more closely as we think about our own needs in motherhood. So let's meet Diana. Welcome, Diana. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. We've been chatting about having this conversation for a little bit now, and I'm so excited and I think it's so timely for us to be having a conversation about burnout here. And yeah, so I'd love for you to start wherever you'd like around what got you interested in this topic and a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So my background is that I am a a midwife. I was a pediatric nurse before that and then a midwife, and I've been a midwife for 10 years now. I also have three children who are eight, five, and four, or excuse me, eight, five and a half, and four. That's That's important. A a big (laughs) (laughs) point of contention in our home. And, you know, I I work with mothers, you know, throughout throughout their lifespan, but particularly with the work that I do at Motherly, you know, talking with our community and talking with moms about just, you know, their journeys in motherhood. And the thing that just comes up sort of over and over again is this, this feeling of burnout, you know, this feeling Mm -hmm. of sort of chronic fatigue and chronic overwhelm and burden and all of that. 
And so I've really taken to, to learning more about it and to exploring because it's, it's pretty impactful. Mm-hmm. You know, Motherly does every year a state of motherhood survey. And, and we found last year that 85% of moms do not feel that society is doing a good job supporting them. Oh, and that to me lot. is just, yeah, it's just sort of mind blowing. And I think the consequence of that is that many, many, many moms are burnt out. And there are very real, you know, consequences from burnout. Um, the World Health Organization actually recognizes burnout now as a diagnosable condition. And, and for them, it um, pertains to occupations. It's an occupational phenomenon is how they, they label it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, since moms and, you know, dads and all parents I feel like parenting is very much part of their occupation. So it seems to me that the definition should apply to them too. Right. And so it's, it has very real consequences. And I think it's something we need to be working on um, pretty seriously. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. And I know what you're talking about, both professionally and personally. But for those who are listening who are new to the concept of burnout, can you explain a little bit about what it is? Absolutely. So burnout, as defined by the World Health Organization, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to be ad-libbing here a little bit, but it is having a sense of fatigue and exhaustion, which I mean, like, hello, yes, (laughs) but also feeling a sense of negativism or cynicism. And again, they say, you know, they talk about your job. But I think that burnout, you know, in, in motherhood could look like, you know, like, ugh, I don't, you know, I'm not enjoying this the way that I thought that I would, or, you know, this isn't fulfilling in the same way that I had anticipated that it would be. And, you know, certainly some of that is, is coming to terms with the reality of parenthood. You know, there, we, well, I'll speak for myself. I, even as a midwife had sort of this glamorized you know, idea of what parenthood was going to be like. And then I had kids and I was like, oh, this is hard, huh? (laughs) Right. But when you are burnt out, it is easier to sort of feel negatively about the experience. And lastly, it, I think they identify it as a reduced feeling of professional efficacy, Mm -hmm. meaning that, you know, you don't feel like you're doing a good job. And I cannot count the number of times that, I mean, I myself and people that I work with talk about, like, they say like, well, I'm just not a very good mom or, oh, I didn't do a good job today. Or, you know, feelings of really doubting, doubting their abilities as, as mothers. Yeah. That's pretty rampant. I hear that every week, all the time. Yeah, uh, that's really sad. It's so sad to hear that. It is you because know, and I uh, because usually people are doing their their best. They're putting in so much effort and energy, and to then also feel like that's not enough. Oh, it's just mm-hmm. like insult to injury. It is. It is, and it's so interesting. One of the things that I think about a lot is this idea of like, well, what is a good mom. Like, okay, you feel like you're a bad mom. Like what's a good mom. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because really like that's going to look so different for everyone. Right. And that in and of itself is kind of like, we're judging ourselves all the time. And even on the days where I'm like, wow, like I was such a good mom today. Like, Mm -hmm. does that mean that I was a bad mom yesterday? Like, no, I'm, I'm just, 
I'm just a mom (laughs) doing the best I can. So, you know, there's so much pressure that we put on ourselves and I think, you know, we put on each other and, you know, the world puts on us and it adds up to burnout. So what does that, I'm assuming it's kind of an accumulation. This doesn't just happen one day. There's, you know, this is a buildup over time. So if you can expand a little bit more on and speak to why it's really important for us to be paying attention. Yeah. You know, I think that the consequences of burnout, uh, you know, have been researched and major health complications, you know, can come from burnout. So certainly there's stress. It also can lead to like heart disease and high blood pressure, diabetes, depression. And so those are, you know, those are pretty profound complications and illness, you know, on a like personal level. I mean, also this isn't as important, but it is important. It is important in a, in a way. It's the economic repercussions of that, you know, mm. and it's also just not fair, <laughs> right, right? you know, so it just, it just feels like something we really need to do better at. And yeah, I mean, to your, your, your point, like it's definitely an accumulative phenomenon, right? Like you can have a bad day and you're not necessarily going to get burnt out. Like you're tired at the end of the day, but you can keep going. But day after day after day of sort of, you know, adding of the stresses and adding of the factors really, really does take a toll. You know, and I like to look at like what, okay, so what is the cause of the burnout, right? Mm. You know, and certainly I could do a better job like saying no to the volunteer, you know, like I didn't have to say yes to being the class mom and I didn't have to say yes to doing, you know, two activity, extracurricular activities instead of one. Like I could, I could definitely do a better job of that. But also it's really important that we look at what's happening sort of on a foundational level because there's so much on an infrastructure basis that is causing us to burn out. So, you know, it's not all her fault, (laughs) you know, it's not. And we'd Um, like to make it seem like it is. (laughs) Yes. Please Um, do speak to that. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I've written a few articles about it and the feedback, you know, people identify with it, but a lot of people, not a lot, but people will write in and say like, oh, well, you're just kind of doing this to yourself. Mm. And, and I value their opinion and like, I, you know, take it to heart and I reassess and I, whatever, but Again, yes, I could do a better job of taking care of myself, but like I don't have, for example, I don't have family that lives near me. So if I am going to like do something for myself, you know, my husband and I both work, like that probably means that I have to hire a babysitter. And like that's not always an option, you know, financially and, and all of that. So there's things like that. And then I think it also, you know, comes down to like we are one of the only countries that does not have any form of paid maternity leave. You know, there are many, many people that go back to work like a couple weeks after they give birth. You know, so many issues like that, that I think lead to the burnout that again, yes, we can always and should always be trying to improve our own lives, but it's not that easy, you know, and and we have access to different resources and different, you know, abilities based on the choices that are available to us. So it's really important to look at the root cause too. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin. And for a limited time, my listeners get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code MIND when you check out at oneskin.co. Well, I've kept up my mini resolution of taking better care of my skin after consistently using OneSkin for several weeks and all is going well. 
I can't see what's going on at a cellular level, but I can tell you that my skin feels soft and healthy. But they did do some cool research that looked at before and after exposure of the OS1 peptide to skin cells, and the one skin scientist found that the peptide reverses skin's biological age. And you can even see that study by Zonari A. et al. in the NPJ Aging Journal. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code MIND at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code MIND. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. New Year, healthier skin. That's One Skin. This episode is supported by Hungry Root. I am a creature of habit when it comes to food. Like, I buy the same stuff in the store and generally make the same stuff over and over. Not really that fun. So in order to shake things up, I use Hungry Root. I can pick a whole meal and they send me what I need to make it, but I will also just let them choose so I don't get into my rut. And it paid off. I got the chicken shawarma non-flatbread. These are flavors that I wouldn't have thought to put together on my own and they totally work. It was so yummy and so easy to make. And bonus, I also received for free organic roasted chicken breast that I threw into a salad for another meal. Hungry Root is my partner in healthy and yummy living. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Mom and Mind listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash cat to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash cat. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful that you're bringing in this perspective and this really, really important point because the there's... A large emphasis on self-care, which, you know, in society these days, which is great, you know, people kind of turning uh, their eye to looking at how can you take better care of yourself. Yes, yes, let's do that. Just like you said, but not everybody has access to the same resources. And that includes time and energy and health and uh, so many different layers of like infrastructure and system issues that are in the way. But it all, when we're home alone, just in our own thoughts and our own stuff, it just all gets distilled down into what's wrong with me. And yeah. it's just such an unfair a burden to be placed on, on somebody. So I'm, I'm glad you brought I, that in. No, I totally appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, you know, and there's this idea of like, well, just go like take a bubble bath or like go get your nails mm-hmm. done. I'm like, okay, like that is lovely. Yeah. Also, I haven't slept in eight years. So, (laughs) you know, like not super helpful. (laughs) Right. Maybe momentarily helpful. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like that would make me feel lovely for a few minutes. But how do we, yeah, exactly. And without without blaming people and making people feel like exactly like you said, even worse than they already feel. Right. So I'm curious then, uh, you know, just in the scope of the people that you've spoken with, when are you seeing this start? This kind of the yeah, burnout I begin? Mean, I think it starts, honestly, I think it starts probably pre, I mean, if we're just looking at moms, like pre-pregnancy or pre-adoption, you know, however you become a mother, I think it starts pretty early on. And it's it's these sort of like very subconscious societal messages that we receive, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So like the idea of being a good mom is something like I've always wanted to be a good mom. I don't even, still don't really even know what that really means, you know, (laughs) since I was a child, you know, or since I was a child. And so I think it sort of starts 
subconsciously pretty early on. And then, you know, whether you're going through the adoption process or, you know, during pregnancy, you just start getting all of these little or big messages that make you start to question yourself. And I think that's a huge part of it too, is, you know, on the days where I'm like really sort of in the flow and like living authentically and all of that, like, I don't really care as much what people, I mean, I listen to their feedback, but I feel like, okay, no, I'm doing my thing and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. But then we all have days where we're just not <laughs> as confident right. and not. And those are the days when I'm like, oh gosh, maybe they're right. Maybe I should reconsider the way that I'm living my life. Maybe uh-huh. I am doing things wrong. And I think that we start that, you know, like for example, pregnancy, you know, people will just start with little, you know, oh gosh, you know, it's, it's going to be so hard. It's going to be so mm-hmm. painful, you know, making criticisms of birth plans, sure, right. talking, you know, telling their horrible birth stories, which like is, is fine. And we need space to do that if people are willing to listen. But all of it adds up, like you said, it's cumulative. So it adds up and it adds up and it adds up. Um, And I think that ultimately, a lot of parents are starting parenthood, not trusting themselves. We have access to so much information, which is wonderful, but it's also hard to sort through it all. And so you start to not trust your own intuition. You start to sort of think like, well, maybe I don't know what I'm doing and maybe I can't. And I think that that is, is such a powerful experience to go through because when you don't trust yourself, then you start making choices for other people, mm-hmm. not for yourself. Mm-hmm. And right. then that's when we start, you know, saying yes to all the things that maybe you shouldn't say yes to, <laughs> you know, all of that mm-hmm. instead of being sort of more true to yourself. So I think it starts with you know, really helping people feel empowered very early on in their parenthood journey. Right. I'm thinking as you were talking about that, I was thinking of this additional layer of how many choices you have to make all of a sudden, you know, about any number of things from, you know, what kind of diapers to, you know, bassinets or whatever and to very serious things or more complicated things like how am I going to take care of my child and if you're wading through all those questions while five million people are telling you what they think you should do it would be really (laughs) really hard to figure out what's right for you exactly exactly and like is this really the type of diaper I want to use or am I doing this because like I feel pressured because my best friend Mm -hmm. will look at me funny if I don't do this type of you know Or like, do I, you know, like, I really don't think I want an epidural, but everyone's telling me that that's not a good idea. So maybe I do, you know, it just, it it all gets overwhelming and we're so vocal with our opinions, you know, especially when it comes to social media. And, you know, the thing is, I do think that it comes from a good place. I do really believe that people are well-intentioned and they want to share what's worked for them in an effort to help you. But when you're getting bombarded by it, it it can become overwhelming very quickly. Oh, right. So, I mean, that has to be a huge factor in the in the whole scope of burnout. I mean, the amount of energy and mental energy, emotional energy you have to put into what you know, considering all of right. this, right, right, from very early, right, absolutely. So if somebody is wondering if they are dealing with this burnout, what are some things that they might notice within themselves that would tip them off? Yeah, I mean, I think 
you know, feeling sort of this constant fatigue, I think is a big part of it. And this feeling of like, ugh, Uh (laughs) I know the word is there, but this kind of like, I have to, you know, but the other piece of this that I think is really important, and I know that I am preaching to the choir is, you know, the, the importance of mental health and working with mental health providers. And I often will tell people like, it's not, you know, and this is more talking about like postpartum depression, for example, or postpartum anxiety. And someone will say like, well, I don't really know. I'm just having these feelings. I don't know. And I say like, well, it, it's not your job to diagnose yourself. You know, like there are people that can help, that can help you and can, can work with you to figure out exactly what's going on. And so I think right. that anytime that anyone is having really any kind of, and certainly, you know, you're the expert here, so I would defer to you in terms of like timeline, but sort of consistent feelings that are negative or sadness or sort of, you know, persistent fatigue and and things like that. Like, I think the first thing to do is really reach out to both medical provider, because, you know, sometimes like if you're really tired, you need to have your thyroid checked, you know, so that's an important piece. And then also meeting with mental health therapists because, you know, I think the the line between burnout and depression, for example, is probably a hard one to navigate right? and to sort of determine which is which. And ultimately, you know, I have said many times that I am of the belief that like everyone should see a therapist. Hey, yes. Hey. I second that. <laughs> Just because like, even if you don't have a quote diagnosis, mm-hmm. like life is hard and especially life during transitions is Mm -hmm. hard and Mm -hmm. like becoming a mother is a huge one of those. So even if you don't have postpartum depression, like talking to a therapist once in a while can be incredibly helpful. So for anyone that is thinking that they might be burnt out, that would be my first thing Mm -hmm. because you want to make sure that it's, it's not something, you know, more serious. And because I think therapists and all mental health providers, you know, are really wonderful at helping you to sort of untangle Mm-hmm. all the all the pieces and figuring out what's going on because then you can sort of address it in a more confident way because you have help and you have coping skills. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All yes to all of that. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you feel that <laughs> way. He probably uh, yeah. agrees with me. <laughs> I do. I do. Awesome. This episode is supported by Ritual. Ritual's founder is on a mission to reinvent the vitamin industry. Not only have they obsessively researched each nutrient in their visionary women's multivitamin, carefully choosing forms that are absorbable by the body, but they've also tested their formula. Science-backed isn't just a buzzword for them. It's the standard. And I'll be honest, my interest in this vitamin first came because of how cool it looks. You can literally see everything that's in it. And I've been pleasantly surprised by how easy it is to take and the taste. Even though it's a capsule... The mint essence tab in every bottle makes taking your vitamins a minty, fresh experience. And the delayed release no nausea design capsule is made to be gentle on an empty stomach. They use high quality ingredients, which are traceable and transparent. Daily changes can lead to big results. So start small today. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Try it out. Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to ritual.com slash mom and mine to start ritual today. That's 10% off your first three months at ritual.com slash mom and mind. So if they're like, you know, waiting to get to a therapist, are there other things that you know that help? How do you address this? You know, one of the things that has been proven in the research, 
um, that's been done to help with burnout is social support. Social support being the availability or perception that uh, help is available to you um, by the people around you. And so I think reaching out to whoever in your community, whether it's a partner, a friend, parent, a relative, you know, somebody and connecting because I think, you know, the support is great. And like, say there's someone in your life that can bring you a lasagna. Like that's, that is wonderful. Lasagna is great, but more important is feeling like you are important. You know, I think that one of the things that's so discouraging for a lot of new mothers is that they're like, I I don't like, I'm not getting recognized. You know, I'm not, I'm not feeling like no one's telling me I'm doing a good job. And it's so hard. Like when you have this newborn, Mm -hmm. there aren't like tangible you know, like when you have, when you are going to work every day, work, you know, in, in a, an employer setting, you're like, okay, I finished this project and it went well, great. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you're raising a baby, like it just all, it's all great, but the, the steps are so small and they take so long to see sort of progress and how they're growing up, that it could be hard to feel like you're doing a good job. So feeling like you are important, is a really big piece of it. And so reaching out to people who can help you feel important (laughs) is a really good place to start. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that as well. The the support is so nice for for so many reasons. But I think one is that, uh, to your point, once you get into your head about this, if you don't have any outside perspective, um, people saying like, oh, actually, you're doing great. It's really easy to get swept up in the internal negative dialogue and once you have people around you who are maybe going through a similar thing, like, I don't know, other moms or mom's group or something, it's a little bit easier to see like, oh, maybe I'm being hard on myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. And I think about, you know, like there'll be times, you know, when you get like an email and you're like, How, who does she think she is? <laughs> and then I'll have my husband read it and he's like, uh, n- no, I I think it's fine, babe. I think she just meant to put that. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're right. right. And so we do that with our son, right? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> to your point, you know, like you're like in, in, yeah, exactly. You're in your own head and you are sort of convinced that you are doing it wrong or that you are the only person who feels a certain way. And so, yeah, so, you know, talking to other people and getting that other perspective is so important. Mm-hmm. This episode is supported by Ritual. I am by nature and nurture a bit skeptical. I have to see for myself if something works or if it's helpful before I just believe it whole cloth. And I'm open to trying things out to see for myself. And that includes finding strategies for my wellness. I have historically low vitamin D, so it's important for me to take Ritual's Essential 18 because it has D3 in it. And their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin has several other high quality traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. What I love and have always loved about Ritual is that it's a female-founded company. And it's a B Corp, which means they're holding themselves accountable And not just long-term, but also to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash momandmind. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash momandmind for 25% off. This episode is supported by Factor. 
Eating better is better with ready-to-eat factor meals. And ready-to-eat means pop it in the microwave for two minutes and done. I mix in a few of these meals into my rotation for the days that we're on the run or that I don't want to make anything. I chose the high-protein and calorie-smart options, one of which is the mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice with garlic roasted green beans. This is restaurant quality and so tasty. I can adjust how many meals I get in my order as much or as little as I need every week. Plus, I can pause or reschedule my deliveries anytime, which comes in really handy for our busy schedule. Head to factormeals.com slash momandmind50 and use code momandmind50 to get 50% off. That's code momandmind50 at factormeals.com slash momandmind50 to get 50% off. Right. So given that we're in this a strange period of time with the pandemic and stay-at-home orders and, and whatnot, um, there's a different level of stress just out there in general. So I imagine that this would contribute to burnout, uh, number one, and also people might not be getting the same support that they normally do in the way that they normally do. Yeah, what are your thoughts about how about the pandemic and how it might be affecting burnout? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think that it's, I can see it going both ways and they'll probably end up being a combination. Mm -hmm. Certainly, parents are now all the things. I mean, we're always all the things, <laughs> right. but parents are now, you know, I saw this meme and I wish, I wish I knew who said it first because I'd love to give them appropriate attribution, but it was something to the effect of like being a full-time, you know, employer or employee, if you are being a parent, being a teacher, being a, you know, a homekeeper, being a, like, those are all separate full-time jobs and we are now doing all of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so like right. there's, it's pretty impossible, first of all. So I think that the the feeling of burnout, especially in the beginning when people were like trying so hard to figure out how they were going to make this work, and certainly we're still trying to figure it out, it feels incredibly overwhelming. Um, and I definitely think that there's you know a lot of potential for burnout. I also think that as we get further into this and we sort of settle into what might be the new normal for for a little while we're starting to really pay attention to the things in our society that aren't working. You know, mm -hmm. say over at motherly, at motherly, like never again will anyone ask a stay at home mom what she does all day because right. now everyone's like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this, is hard. this is hard. I see. You know, so I think that we are having a lot of realizations that are incredibly difficult right now. Right. I have to hope that it will help. And that ultimately, like, we don't want to go back to normal because normal wasn't good enough, you know? Mm. Hey, um, yeah, great. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Things um, needed to change. I can say like, yeah, we do. You know, I think it was Amy Westervelt who said something like, we expect women to work like they don't have children and parent like they don't have work. You know, and this, again, this is just, you know, for women who, who have jobs that pay money, like all, if you have children, you are working regardless right. of where yes. you're working, yeah. it's all work, right? But, you know, we all now are having Zoom calls with our kids in and out of the calls <laughs> all the time. Like we can't pretend that we don't have kids anymore. And I think that parents, you know, like if one parent stayed home and one parent worked and now both parents are home, 
both parents are understanding, you know, the other side of things better now. So I do think that there's a lot of potential in the future for us to make improvements when it comes to burnout. It's like the hope for a cultural shift. Yes. That's that's pretty deep. I'm hopeful for that. I'm hopeful for that too. That would be phenomenal. I I hope so. Because I think, you know, I think that, you know, we were just having a conversation with some of my team members at Motherly about how, like, are we going to actually start paying teachers better now? (laughs) You know, like now that we see like how hard it is, you know, and are we going to start actually allowing, like, for example, new mothers to work from home twice, like two days a week, you know, like all these companies that previously had said, like, no, you cannot work from home. Right. No, you could. See, we're doing it now. Yeah, every, like everybody's doing it. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I, I wonder how this is going to shift the culture. Mm-hmm. And again, while it's incredibly hard right now, I have to remain hopeful that we will be better for it after. Sure. Yeah, I do. I do like that big uh, sort of global hope and, and bigger cultural shift hope. That that does sound really, really great. Really great. I, I agree with you. I hope it's one of the outcomes of this. Because right there, there the, your point of reference now is that it well we're doing it, so you can't say it can't be done, which is just phenomenal. And hopefully, like you said, it, it loosens things for um, pregnant and postpartum women and families. One of the issues that I've mentioned and stuff I've written recently for Motherly is like exactly like you said, you know, being able to find a silver lining is a is a privilege that is not available to everyone, you mm-hmm. know. And there are you know many, many, many people who, who are, you know, we're all just having very different experiences Mm -hmm. with this. And so the, my, what I was saying earlier about there being like major societal problems that we're now like, oh, wow, we should have addressed that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and now it's, it's a lot, you know, and they're really rearing their heads. So I think that's a really important thing to, to remember. Lady Gaga, who (laughs) recently posted something that said like, yeah, we keep saying we're all in this together. She's like, but that's not really true. She's like, because my experience is very different than, you know, the the woman in an abusive relationship that you described, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're in this together and that we are all hoping the best for each other, but we have to understand that we're coming into this with very different histories and scenarios and resources and, and all of that. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's it really is true that we are all going through like the 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 broad strokes of of this, like the headlines we are all all dealing with. But how it affects each yeah. of us individually, you know, de- depends on quite a few things. And yeah, so uh, but but this is different, absolutely different than because it's a global pandemic. Right. It's a global issue, and not let's say like a natural disaster, let's say that touches down in Houston or, you know, a tornado or a flood or something like that, that, you know, we can have sympathy and empathy for the people in that town. Our capacity for sympathy and empathy is a little bit stretched, I think. Not that we don't have it, but it's really hard to hold both, to be both the person who's going through something and also you know, still dig deep into your empathy and sympathy for, for other people. Again, right. not that you can't or don't at all, but we're all stretched a little bit thinner. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's such an important point. I mean, I, you know, personally will find myself like getting burnt out 
yeah, by yeah. the news. Yeah. You know, sure. and I'll just say like, I can't be on social media anymore. Like I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And then I feel guilty, right? Like I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, but, but I need to be reading everyone's stories so that I can empathize with them and feel for them. You know, so I think something I've seen a lot of is like, how do we, you know, how do you have empathy for people and support people and also mm-hmm. value your own, you know, take care of your right. own mental health? Like how do you draw those boundaries, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I think some days it's it's just literally by the day. Um, yeah. Oh, you, you yeah. like see how you feel sometimes by the hour. Yes. Yeah. Yes, these are strange so times. These are really strange times. And all yeah. like all the things that we used to do to cope with any number of stressors aren't totally available to us. So we have are having to be very creative with how we cope. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Which is why I think it's great that we're having this discussion about burnout because I think the, the the motherhood burnout could probably get lost in the pandemic burnout uh, and kind of maybe even conflated or confused together. But there's still that motherhood burnout process happening. And also now while you're, like I said before, um, stretched thinner. So I, I, I think the conversation is timely and really taking a close look at this is timely because, man, I'm just really worried about all the moms who are burnt out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. And, you know, to, to also, and again, you're the expert on this, but like the, what are the long-term impacts of like chronic stress, Right. you know, yes. Yes. you know, so like living in a state of fear mm-hmm. for a prolonged period of time and living with the unknown, you know, in addition to taking care of small humans <laughs> and, you know, potentially, meeting deadlines and, you know, figuring out like how to get groceries safely and, you know, all, all of the things plus whatever things are going on for us on a personal level. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, it's just constant, you know? And so I, you know, really appreciate, you know, podcasts like yours where people are really having these conversations because it's important to bring it to the surface. And it's also important to, to make other people aware people who are not in the throes, you know, motherhood or parenthood, um, so that maybe they can just check on my friend who had a baby a couple of weeks ago. Like, yes. maybe she needs something, yes, you know, check on your um, friends, check on your friends, check on your, every, your people, all your people. Right. Again, it's, it comes back to just showing them that, showing them that they're important, that they're not forgotten. Yeah. And, you know, letting people, people, you know, reminding people that there are resources, you know, like the, the idea of like a virtual mental health, you know, therapy session, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that, I think are, are really important so that even though it, it it is, it is incredibly isolating, Mm -hmm. you know, there are ways to connect and to make sure that you're getting the help that you need. Yeah. Yeah. I do think you're right. That connection is is so important right now because of that added layer of isolation. Yeah. That is really important. So reaching out and yourself, if you're the person who's having a hard time, but, but also if, if you have capacity as a, as a friend to reach out to the person you're concerned about. Yeah. Really, really important. We're checking on each other right now for sure. Absolutely. So one resource that I know could be helpful for a lot of people is the book that you've just written. And that is a guide. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I would love to. 
so I wrote with Motherly. It's the Motherly Guide to Becoming Mama, Redefining the Pregnancy, Birth, and Postpartum Journey. And it is a comprehensive guide to the the whole experience. So we start with trying to conceive. We go all the way, you know, month by month and week by week through pregnancy. Then we talk about birth. And then there's an entire section on the fourth trimester. And yeah, the book released this week. Oh, yay. Which is, yeah, thank you. It's very exciting and very weird, you know, (laughs) because I've been working on it for two years. And obviously, um, you never could have predicted that it would be releasing during a pandemic. And, you know, that's, that's been quite, quite the experience. But I have to say that, you know, if you had asked me to write a book for a pandemic, this is still the book that I would have written, especially because, you know, there's so many people who are having prenatal appointments postponed or canceled who are having, you know, some potential changes to their birth plan and what that's going to look like. And then again, like we were saying, you know, that fourth trimester um, and all the, the complicated emotions that can potentially come with it as it is, you know, and then having to do that during the pandemic. And so I am, I guess, grateful to be able to, you know, send this book out into the world if it can be helpful to people who are, who are having a hard time. Um, We do, you know, it's a very holistic book. So we try to, you know, we have about 16 different experts who contributed and lots of focus on, um, on mental health and self-care um, and all that good stuff sort of throughout. One of my favorite sections is about, you know, how to define your values. You know, so we were talking earlier about, you know, being able to sort of tune into yourself and tune out the noise, right? Mm-hmm. So sort of guiding people on how to do that. And then, you know, of course, there's all the all the images of babies and fetuses and, you know, all that good mm-hmm. stuff and prenatal yeah. appointments and all that is in there too. But yeah, my hope is that, you know, it can provide some comfort. Um, and ultimately, you know, I want for people who are on this journey right now to still have some joy, you know, right. to still like, yes, it feels very different than what you thought it was going to be. And it's right. very okay to mourn and grieve for what, you wanted and you know the loss of a in-person baby shower and all that stuff like that's very real and that's hard but I also really want to convey to people that like it is still very possible to have a beautiful pregnancy and a beautiful birth you know so I don't want people to lose hope right I I appreciate you bringing that in and acknowledging um the both that that it's hard but it can be beautiful as well I think it's it could be easy to lose sight that it's possible to still feel connected and and feel good about pregnancy and birth and postpartum. So I'm I'm excited for your guide and for people to get that and feel supported by it. It's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was uh it was quite quite the experience <laughs> to write a book and then and I'm then sure. publish it during this time, but it's been it's been really really awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Diana and sharing all of this with us. I know it is a rich discussion that is very useful for a lot of people right now that hopefully folks out there can identify burnout within themselves and seek uh, the support that they need. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. And thank you again for having podcasts, having this podcast, which is really, you know, helping people to feel connected and, and remember that they're not alone in all this. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks. There's so much great information in here and you can find a lot of it at mother.ly. Or you can find Motherly on Instagram. 
at mother.ly and Facebook, Motherly Media. You can find the Motherly Guide to Becoming Mama there as well. We are hopeful that this episode has been helpful for you on your path to healing and health and wellness, or if you are somebody who supports a mom. If this is your first time joining us on the Mom and Mind podcast, we'd love to have you subscribe so you can get each of these episodes downloaded directly to you as soon as they become live. You can go to momandmind.com or find us on any of our social, Instagram or Facebook, at Mom and Mind. Thanks so much for being with us. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come connect with us at momandmind.com. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.